Podcast for October 30th, 2010, the Vegas Podcast of Palooza edition. I'm going to go around the table and introduce everybody. Uh, we have our special guest, Mr. Tom McCarty, the president of the Tropicana Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, before his time at the Trop, he served as president and CEO of Planet Hollywood. And before that, 12 years at MGM Mirage, uh, including key roles at both New York, New York, and Luxor, I believe. So I think it's fair to say that you've probably seen the various ups and downs that the city and industry can uh, can throw at, at throw at the world. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. I just got to get right up on top of it. Um, all right, running down the line, we got the sound man extraordinaire, Chuck Monster. Um, going down, Dr. Dave Schwartz from UNLV Center for Gaming Research. Hey, Dave. And at the very end, we have Mr. Jeff Simpson. How are you, Jeff? Awesome. Thanks, Hunter. My name is Hunter Hilligus. I'm at RateVegas.com. Um, and, Tom, I'm going to start you off with a question from, uh, from me. Um, I want to talk about the changes you guys are implementing at the TROP. And I think you guys are spending something in the neighborhood of $180 million, give or take, on your renovations. And right down the road, we have City Center, who spent, I think, $10 billion to build a brand-new property. And they're still having a little bit of trouble finding their footing. So what I want to know is, how can you take the $180 million and how can you kind of go beyond the, just the raw dollars and cents to really stretch the capital investment that you guys are putting into the property? Well, great question. And if you have about four hours, we can get through the whole thing. Uh, first, thank you very much for allowing me to join this uh, wonderful event. It's very exciting to be here. It's very exciting to see all the nice folks that are here today. And also, I'd like to wish everybody a happy Halloween. Yes, indeed. Woo! Some great costumes out there, I'm telling you. Uh, the Tropicana is, uh, is certainly a legendary property here in Las Vegas, and uh, the goal in reinvesting in the property was we felt that the location and the bones of Tropicana are extremely good, and there was a legacy that we felt was important protecting as well. Uh, I can't speak to the dollars that were spent at City Center, uh, nor can I speak to their strategy of how they'll succeed, but I'm rooting for them. Uh, it's important that City Center is very successful. It's important not only to MGM Mirage, but it's important to the city. It's important to the state. And it's really important to the gaming industry that City Center succeeds. Um, that would be a um, um, disappointing situation if they weren't to be uh, as successful as they've hoped to be. So uh, we're all rooting for them to do well. Um, our property, at the $180 million that we are investing in our first phase, which will be completed by May is meant to reposition our property, put it back in a consideration set uh, for a very large part of the population that comes to Las Vegas. We don't intend on being the low-priced leader, and we don't intend on being the high-priced uh, point-setter in the, in the industry as well. But we see a very large and broad market that we can uh, market to with what we consider a point of difference in how we offer our product and our experience. Uh, there's a lot of new energy coming to the property. Has anybody been to Tropicana in the last year? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Okay. And if you've been there recently, you can certainly see there's a physical transformation that's occurring that's palpable. It's real. Uh, and there's so much more that is on its way. Uh, we have the Las Vegas Mob Experience, which will be opening in mid to late December. That's a 25,000-square-foot attraction. 
It's a significant investment by the individuals who are operating that attraction, and we believe it will be a net importer of people to our property. It will bring, it's one way to bring people back to revisit or create trial to our property again. We've also done a wonderful job on renovating our rooms, um, and we'd like to refer to them. Thank you uh, for the best-in-class rooms. Uh, we have a, a great room product. We have a great new casino that is going to include a new high-limit area uh, for both slots and tables, as well as our new race and sports book, which will be open before Super Bowl. And we'll have mobile gaming, and we believe that will be another interesting attraction for our, um, for our race and sports book. So we're looking at every... Uh, path that we take to create a point of difference in how we offer our product. Uh, we want to make sure that the rooms are unique. We want to make sure that the dining experiences are unique. Our attraction, we think, is going to be spectacular with the Las Vegas mob experience. Uh, if you've read or followed anything about the mob experience, it, it's a collection of artifacts from several of the notorious families that were here in the Las Vegas area in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Uh, names like Bugsy Siegel, uh, Sam Giancana, uh, the Spilatros um, are just a few of the names, and Meyer Lansky, of course, are some of the, of the names that uh, we have artifacts or the company has collected artifacts from their estates. In addition, they have family members uh, from each of those families who will be working at the exhibit. So those type of points of difference, we believe, will put us back in the consideration set. As it sort of a follow-up to that, do you, do you see... You have a property that's 50-plus years old. It has a long history on the Las Vegas Strip. That's not that old, by the way. Well, okay. But, um, you know, you're now trying to reintroduce it to people and trying to get them to come back and visit. They may have um, a perception of the property as it existed in the past decade. Is that your biggest challenge, getting people to reconsider the Tropicana as you're investing in these upgrades? Well, for sure, Tropicana is a name that's synonymous with Las Vegas. Everyone has heard the name Tropicana, but to your point... It's a perception issue, not an awareness issue. And that's our job now is to change the perception and put us back in what we would call the consideration set. And obviously we're, we're going to do that through a very aggressive PR campaign, a very aggressive online and social media campaign. Uh, Brandy Fuhrer, who's our director of marketing and intervention, is right here. And that's, that's her role to make sure that that happens. Uh, and Mr. Yemenijian, our chairman and CEO, has, has uh, dedicated and committed to spending uh, a, the right amount of money to raise the awareness of the property in what we believe are our key markets. Excellent. Um, I'm going to cede some time to my generous partners on the right here. Um, Mr. Chuck Monster. Yeah. It's the Smith brothers here. <laughs> Uh, Tom, thanks for uh, taking time out from your trip to the bar to uh, join us today. Uh, is it Jameson's I smell on you? Cause... No. Uh, okay. It's, it's uh, my cologne. So it's Jameson's. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're changing everything. Why not... Tom McKenna. And seriously... Now I, that you mention it. The serious question is, is, I'm sure you guys had some degree of discussion about whether or not you felt there was enough juice left in the Tropicana brand. Ooh. Come on. Come on. Who's been drinking? Oh, let's be honest. That's a screwdriver, <laughs> not an orange juice. Yeah. In, in all seriousness, did you guys consider starting fresh completely, new name, new brand, new everything? 
In the acquisition process uh, that Mr. Yemenijian and, and uh, his partners went through, uh, one of the assessments they made before they purchased it was to make the decision that they wanted to keep the brand and they wanted to keep the buildings. And so that was a, dis a decision made prior to the purchase of the property. And considering uh, the, the problems previously faced uh, with the Tropicana brand, right. uh, and the confusion caused by the Tropicana in Laughlin and the Tropicana Atlantic City and the financial dire straits, all of those properties have been in. That, you, that still didn't factor into a discussion to, to whether or not you should do this? Well, the decision was made prior to me arriving to the property, so uh, I, would be, uh, I would not necessarily be the correct person to go into the, the long detail of the decision, but we, we believe that the legacy and the importance of Tropicana Las Vegas and its, and its um, importance to the Strip and its importance to the history of this city, we felt it was important to keep the brand and to keep the buildings. Um, they, they are great buildings. They have great room size. Uh, they're very generous rooms and guest rooms. The swimming pool is legendary, as this pool is such a, an exciting and attractive pool. The Tropicana pool also lends itself to that. So we felt that it made sense from a marketing perspective. We felt it made sense from a financial perspective that the building that was there should stay and that we should... Um, like a phoenix, create, create the brand Tropicana Las Vegas once more. Do you guys uh, see acquisitions? Uh, Mr. Yemenijian has, as recently as this week, mentioned that um, when he and his partners uh, made the acquisition of Tropicana, that it was the start of a platform for a gaming company. And uh, over the last several years, uh, Mr. Yemenijian and his partners have um, investigated many options, both in the Las Vegas market as well as other parts of the country, as well as other parts of the world. And that will continue to be a, a quest of, his, of Mr. Yemenijian and his partners. Great. Um, I'm going to flip you back over here for a minute because I have a question about some of your past experience. <laughs> I want to talk about um, sort of your career. You've You've been the head of now two relatively high-profile independent properties, now the Tropicana, previously Planet Hollywood. Right. But before that, you spent a lot of time at what is now MGM Resorts International. Um, I have a question about the dominance of the two major operators on the Strip. And now that we're several years in from those mergers and those consolidations, what, what is your sense of whether that's been a positive or negative force on the industry? And in retrospect, you think that that was a good thing for, for the market? You know, anytime you make a decision to acquire uh, properties or grow uh, your company, there's all, obviously the optimism of what what could be and what can be, and I, and I'm sure in the in the plans of of the Harris organization and Texas Pacific and Apollo in their acquisition, they saw the strength of a database that they have both here in Las Vegas as around the as well as around the country and felt that they could certainly leverage that database into maximizing the efficiencies as well as the um, size of these beautiful buildings that they own. So I think it's been a good exercise for them. Was it an expensive acquisition? I guess history tells us it was. But at the time they made the decision, it seemed like a smart buy. You know, uh, if you look at the Sahara where it's located, uh, at the time that, um, that Sam bought that property, uh, there was... Um, the uh, Fontainebleau was being constructed across the street. Saul Kersner was going to build a major hotel. It looked like a really good decision at that time based on the information that he had. 
Well, it turns out that that payoff is going to take a little longer now than he originally anticipated. <laughs> I'm an optimist. <laughs> the glass is half full of orange juice. Traffic in. Um, before I shoot it back down to, uh, to Dave and Jeff, uh, sort of a, a follow-up to that. We are, obviously, the city is in a period that's been difficult for a lot of operators, and there are a lot of negatives that come with that. But are there positives that are part of a downturn? Are there any positive things that you can draw out of them, especially as someone that's trying to reinvent a property? I mean, we've seen stories about the plaza downtown being able to purchase a lot of Fontainebleau materials that they wouldn't ordinarily be able to get. So that's maybe one thing that sort of would be the kind of thing I'm talking about. Other other things that um, are unique to a downturn situation that would not be as easy to achieve in a boom time. Right. Well, uh, the deck has certainly been reshuffled. And Stick with, with me, pal. I am with you. I'm telling you. I am all the you way and with me. you. <laughs> I, just, I just want to be your opening act. Well, <laughs> kind of like Jim for Bobby Baldwin. It's, oh, 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 oh. Uh, the weather today is gorgeous. <laughs> the sun is shining. Everyone is swimming. Uh, what was the question? Just kind of get an idea. Are there things that you can do in a downturn yeah. that you couldn't do in a, in a boom time economy? Yes. Uh, as, the, as the deck gets reshuffled, certainly uh, you have to rethink your business model and you have to understand uh, how to, to uh, re- reinvent yourself. And Las Vegas, interestingly enough, if you look at the history of Las Vegas, has always been successful at reinventing itself. Um, you know, if you go back to um, when Atlantic City was legalized for gaming, David, uh, who's from Atlantic City, um, it really was a bad time for Las Vegas. Uh, when California and Indian gaming started to flourish throughout the, the state and ultimately the country, it was another bad time uh, and impact at Las Vegas. But the beauty of this city and the business-friendly climate that we work in, the operators who are willing to reinvent themselves and, really, and willing to become pitchers instead of catchers can come out of this very well. It's, it's really a debt issue right now. It's, it's making sure you have the right debt structure in order to survive this transition time. Um, Jeff, I'm going to go to you at the end of the table there. Thanks, Hunter. Um, Tom, you know, obviously your property does have some um, advantages. It has a, a fairly nice um, corner location. It's so close to the airport. Um, you're near a couple of vibrant um, existing big resorts. Um, a lot of people that you could maybe entice to your property. Um, But there are a lot of negatives as well. And when you look at the amount of money you guys are spending, I wonder if it will stretch far enough to take care of a couple of them. And I wanted to ask about your uh, parking garage situation, um, one. Two is the sort of limited dining space that you have for a property of your size, when you're competing against the array of restaurants, let's say at MGM Grand, um, and then also uh, to a lesser extent New York, New York, and to a much lesser extent Excalibur, um, how do you create venues on that kind of a budget that will make people say, hey, we want to go over to the Tropicana? Um, so, And those are just a couple things. Um, 2,000 rooms, obviously. Um, is is that about what you have, 2,000? Uh, actually, we're a little less than that, yes. Um, so 
you know, those there 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 are some there are some uh, challenges for you. And then the one that I guess would seem to be the biggest for me that you have experience with, having been at Planet Hollywood, the uh, the you, being an independent, not being able to rely on that nationwide strip heavy or strip heavy uh, players club that can bring lots of people in. So those things, parking, um, you know, dining entertainment. I mean, you mentioned the one mob experience show, but the big properties around town have a number of entertainment options. And then I know you have that comedy club thing too, but, um, and then, and then also Brad Garrett would be thrilled to hear it described that way. I'll right. make sure I share that with him. Right. Um, and, and, and biggest of all, the lack of a, of a, of a, a major league player database. Um, how do you deal with those challenges? Well, you know, I was having a really good day until you just asked me that question. That's why we have it on the show. <laughs> so uh, let, me, let me answer those in, in, I think, the order that, that you shared them with me. Um, from a dining perspective... Uh, currently, we have uh, two very good restaurants, uh, Biscayne Steakhouse, which we just rebranded and launched. Uh, we have Baccio, which is a casual Italian restaurant uh, that is doing exceptionally well. Uh, on November, well, call it December 1st, we'll open Cafe Nikki, uh, which is part of the Nikki, ba- Nikki Beach brand, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, that will be a, a nice addition to our dining options. And then if you've been by the property at all, you've noticed on Tropicana Boulevard, we're in the process of demolishing one of the wings. Uh, it was the 3,000 wing, and we're demolishing that. And where that's being demolished, uh, we're building a new entrance, new parking. It'll be flat lot parking, but it'll be easy access into the hotel. Uh, and there will also be a restaurant, a brand-new restaurant constructed in that location. So I think... That, along with the dining options that we'll have at the pool with Nikki Beach Club, which will open on in May, along with Nikki Beach Nightclub, from an entertainment perspective, will do a couple things. It'll increase our dining options relative to the size of our hotel. Uh, it will also give us another entertainment option with the pool day club and the nightclub with Nikki Beach. Uh, there'll be significant uh, entertainment options that, that will definitely be a net importer, especially of Gen X and Gen Y. Uh, from a baby boomer perspective, we'll continue to have shows in the Tiffany Theater. And while we're having those shows in the Tiffany Theater, uh, we're negotiating to do a brand new production show. Uh, and Mr. Yemenijian is looking forward to making that announcement probably sometime after the first of the year. So the diversity of our product is growing each day. Uh, the the uh, the opportunities uh, with Nikki Beach are are pretty significant. Uh, the opportunities with our Italian restaurant. We're working on a very interesting option to expand our Italian dining area as well to increase the size of it uh, will be very popular uh, to the property. So they are challenges, but I think we have a good plan to address them. Uh, when it comes to the database, there's a few things we're doing. Uh, it's a zero-sum game in Las Vegas right now. The market isn't growing, uh, but we are looking at acquisition programs through our Players Club this is too long an answer? No, he almost got tagged by a bird. Oh. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> um, we're, we're, I was really serious, too. It's good. Keep it up. Nikki <laughs> Beach acquisition. 
So we're in the process of a uh, very aggressive acquisition program. Uh, and, you know, we are uniquely situated between, uh, sur surrounded by MGM properties, but they do a great job of bringing people to that, that street. It's, it's the corner or the intersection of Main Street and Main Street. It's one of the busiest intersections of the United States. So as we create our, um, our brand as back into the consideration set again, we believe that our, our slot and players club acquisition programs uh, will help us grow the market. We believe that the database that we will gr get from the Las Vegas mob experience, um, and we also believe that the existing database from uh, Nikki Beach will give us a good uh, launching of our property in May. Uh, beyond that, as I mentioned, um, Mr. Yemenijian and, uh, and his partners are looking to acquire other properties, and with those properties will come databases. Thank you. Um, just one quick follow. So in terms of parking, expanded surface parking, yep. but you're staying with the one-deck garage. Uh, w yes. Jeff, do you have parking problems <laughs> often? <laughs> it seems to be it's a one theme. Of my, I, I mean, I, I, and I've, I've written about it before. I think uh, for drive-in customers and certainly yeah. for locals, parking is an important consideration. Um, probably not nearly as much as it is in the locals' market, but um, I would, you know, your, your garage isn't difficult to negotiate. It's just not very big. And um, I think that, you know, there are a few garages right around here. I won't name any names because I don't want to be an ingrate. But there are some, <laughs> but there are several garages around here that are very difficult to negotiate, even though they may be big. Um, that's just one question I have about it. But well, you explained the, it. Yep. Well, I, I, I could have done, I could have given you more information. The, the flat lot will certainly increase uh, parking, and also there's a valet entrance on that new entrance as well. So we're, we'll have two entrances into the hotel, so that'll improve uh, accessibility to the property. And you're right, uh, our garage isn't big enough, and, and hopefully very soon it'll even be a bigger issue. Phase and, two? And phase two. Good. Michael Gahn used to tell me that parking shortages are a good problem to have. Yep. We're looking forward to it. Yep. Okay. So I, before I go to Dave, I want to ask you uh, a question about why you wanted to take the job. I mean, you know, you have a lot of experience, I'm sure a lot of opportunity. You, why did you decide to take the Tropicana position, and what was it about it that drew you to it? Well, uh, my wife who's sitting here in the audience, Paula, say hi, Paula. Hi, Paula. And she's sitting next to my sister, Patty, and her husband, Lamar. Welcome. Um, so I have a family, and uh, I love my family dearly. Uh, I have a family in Texas. I have family in Pennsylvania. And so to be a little silly, but, you know, we, we have to work. So um, the good news is that I had the benefit of being associated with Mr. Yemenijian when he was associated with MGM Mirage uh, in the 90s. And I was so impressed with his focus and his vision and his dedication to succeeding that when, uh, when he reached out to me to see if I was interested in being part of his team, I was flattered to start with uh, and excited about the proposition of being part of a property that was going to go through a transformation that he envisioned for it and to be in the financial situation that the property is in. So, uh, you know, our debt structure is, is de minimis. And, um, and so for an opportunity to spend a, a, a long part of my, the balance of my career with, with his company and the opportunity to grow with his company was very exciting. Excellent. Dr. Dave. Very quick question. What's been the biggest surprise for you since you took over there, since walking through the door, where you're just like, wow, I didn't expect that? 
Great question. Um, the, um, the amount of interest that people have in the fact that we are maintaining the building and creating um, uh, or, or transforming the property to the point of the question earlier, why don't you just tear it down and start over, which is, is the norm here. We opted not to do that, and that's the re I was surprised at how much positive reaction we got from that from our guests as well as from, uh, from the residents of Las Vegas. And it, and it would be financially irresponsible right now to tear it down and rebuild anyway. I mean, no yeah. one's going to put a couple billion dollars into a new property right now. You're right. It, it made good financial sense. All right. Well, as we wrap up, I, ha I do have one more question for you, which is just at your view of the market. We're entering 2011. Um, in your view, as you're doing your financial planning, as you're doing your, uh, you know, all of this, the sorts of things that you're doing as you're growing through your renovation, are do you see recoveries taking hold? Does it still? How, does the market still feel weak to you, somewhere in the middle? What's your thought on that? Well, from a market perspective, uh, I think we're bumping along the bottom at this point. We're seeing some uh, signs of, of growth. We see some year-over-year -year growth of, of visitation. We see some of the group and convention business returning, uh, not to the levels it was uh, in the early 2000s, but we are starting to see some. Uh, some of the challenges, uh, challenges that we're faced with is, wow, some of the challenges that we're faced with uh, are the cost of airline tickets. Uh, it's a little more expensive now to get here, uh, and so we have to be more creative in how we package our rooms uh, with airline packages to ensure that we can maintain that visitation from the uh, second and third level markets. And then in our primary markets, one of the optimistic points of view is the bridge that just opened between here and, and uh, Arizona. And I believe that that can help us uh, with that drive-in market from Phoenix, which is about 3.6 million people a year. Um, I think that shortens the drive by about an hour. Is that fair to say? So that gives us better accessibility to a market that I think has been underserved. Excellent. Guys, I'm going to give you one last chance to, uh, to quiz Mr. McCartney. Uh, Tom, I would just ask, I, know, I read Alex's interview, and uh, I know that, he said he's targeting, and you reiterated this, targeting everything between the very top and the uh, super economy levels. What, and, and, and what couple properties, ideally, would you see yourself be able to, being able to have the same kind of room pricing power as? I mean, are you thinking in lines of, along the lines of Luxor, Treasure Island, um, you know, that kind or Flamingo Bally's or what exactly, what kind of properties would you, do you guys aspire Tropicana being able to price at about the same level? Well, we aspire to be the best in class in the middle of the market. And so that's a broad middle. You've it is. That's the, thank goodness. <laughs> Lots of choices that way. So I mean, um, are you saying Mandalay Bay? Or? I think, well, you know, it depends. Um, from a group and convention perspective, uh, our market is a little different than our leisure customer and a little different than our FIT customer. So uh, we have fairly generous meeting size, uh, meeting space for the size of our property. So if you look at uh, properties that I have some familiarity with and I think are great, like New York, New York, and is there another bird? Trying to figure out what the it's, uh, going It's on. yoga music. I think someone's wow. getting married. So I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. It's okay. I just got a tear in my eye. Thank you. 
so in the consideration set for group convention business, there's one set of, of properties that we probably compete against. Uh, Planet Hollywood has very nice, fairly nice medium-sized space where New York, New York is, is somewhat limited. So we, we would compete more against Park Play, um, Paris or Planet Hollywood in that group of convention business. On the leisure side, we probably have in the competitive set certainly Treasure Island and New York, New York, which are two properties that I respect and are very good competitors. Thank you. So right before we go, you have a lot of customers and potential customers in the audience here. Uh, what would you recommend they come and check out if, they're gonna, if they want to give the Tropicana another chance or a first chance? What, uh, what should they not miss? Well, let's start with, uh, in addition to the physical transformation of the property, we have a, a, a very laser-focused uh, directive and goal to create a great experience for our guests. So one of the things that I'd like you to experience is the fact that our doorman open doors. It's a concept, but it starts there, and the hospitality is truly what we want to provide. We want to provide aggressive hospitality to help people enjoy themselves and, and make, a, uh, make your experiences memorable. We, we, our uh, mission statement is exceed expectations every guest every day. And that's, that's a daunting ca- task, but it's one that we're set to do, is to create a good, good experience for our guests. Because at the end of the day, restaurants and slot machines and table games are available in every one of these buildings. But an experience is something that can be unique and specific to the property that you're visiting. So I think that's a, a first step for you to realize that that's a, a very large goal and initiative for us. Uh, obviously, our room product we're very proud of. Uh, we believe we've done a great job in creating beautiful rooms at a great value uh, with 42-inch plasma screen TVs and some other great amenities. Nice. Yeah. And, and no curtains, shutters. Hmm. Yes, Panama shutters. So it's a, it's a really nice South Beach feel to the property. Uh, and that's, you'll find that consistent through the property. It's a very light, airy feel, uh, very much of a South Beach inspiration. The brands that we're bringing in, like Nikki Beach, reflect that. Even the mob experience has some roots in South Beach with Meyer Lansky and some other people. So I think those are some of the things that you'll really enjoy experiencing uh, is what we offer from our room product and our hospitality. You know, just personally, I know from visiting through the various stages of the the transformation, I was struck by how much lighter it feels inside. I mean, I, I remember the Tropicana five years ago, much of it feeling fairly dirty and dark and it's the opposite of that now it's very bright and very clean and um i don't know if you haven't checked it out i would encourage you guys to go give it a look great thank you thank you very much thanks for inviting me today absolutely thank you so much for being here okay so i'm gonna have you guys step down do i have to go now you can stay as long as you want you are welcome to stay (laughs) 